step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Let's get this party started.
guys and there's bad guys in this world. And make no mistake about it, ladies and gentlemen, I am a bad, bad man. And every time after that, when I beat one of your superheroes, and I don't care if it was John Cena, Ryback, Chris Jericho, Kane, Big Show, Dolph Ziggler, any of the litany of superstars that I defeated, I wasn't just beating them, I was beating all of you. And for 414 days, that's exactly what I've done. In your face, jerks, I have beaten you. I have stomped you out under my oppressive roof. And I'm going to do the same thing to The Rock because I don't care if he's back. You all do not get to win. You are losers. You do not get to win. You do not mind. The Rock had to hear it all. The Rock wanted to wait until you said everything you had to say. So The Rock knew exactly the kind of man he's dealing with at the Royal Rumble. And now it's become crystal clear to The Rock. You are straight up delusional. You keep mentioning that number 414. 414 days you've been WWE champion. That's incredible. Incredible! The real number, it ain't 414, Jack. The real number that haunts your dreams is 20. They know in 20 days, time's up. You want to change. You wanted a revolution. You say that when you became WWE champion, you rejected the people. No, 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 no. The people rejected you. You talked about change. You couldn't do it. You talked about revolution. You couldn't do it. You came out and you promised everybody ice cream bars. Ice cream bars for everybody. And you couldn't even do that. You couldn't provide ice cream if the Dairy Queen car bell and cookie puss drove an ice cream truck straight up your ass. <laughs> they have. They have voices. And they love to use their voice. They use it every single night. Every night they use their voice. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, they know something special is getting ready to happen right now. They're going to use their voice. They're going to chant the loudest chant you have ever heard. They're going to chant. They're going to chant something that is going to follow you for the rest of your life. They're going to chant. They're not going to chant respect. They're not going to chant best in the world. They're going to chant exactly what you are. In three seconds, they're going to chant, Cookie Puss. Cookie Puss. <laughs> Be the puppet that you are. He got you chanting about ice cream the same way I did a year and a half ago. Congratulations. They still don't get to win. You don't get to win. I think that's a good stopping point, don't you?
I mean, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first live edition of Wrestle Radio Network on this Pro Wrestling Saturday weekend. We are currently watching, uh, let's see what we're watching, partner. We are watching Matt Tremont's return to professional wrestling as he attempts to win back the H2O title from Ricky Shane Page at last November. It is Pizza Simpson checking in with Brian Rails. Um, let's get into it, my friend. Well, first and foremost, may I, you know, let's get SmackDown out of the way because, or do we want to start Survivor Series? Let's go into Survivor Series, and we can lead. We can we can lead with that and go into SmackDown because that was that's what followed, and that'll give you a little time to look through what you need to look through. Survivor Series was coming from Brooklyn this year. I think this was Survivor Series number 35, I believe. Yeah, it's hard to believe it's been that long. Um, They had a sold-out crowd. It was uh, definitely a roller coaster show. Um, To start off the night, we had Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair, which wasn't bad. Do you want to mention the uh, pregame show first? Fine. Okay, so in the pregame match, we got Shinsuke Nakamura with Rick Boobs taking on uh, Raw's Damian Priest. What do you think about that one, partner? Okay, I know this match was going to end in disqualification because Rick Boobs wasn't taking too kindly. You know, Damian Priest said, don't antagonize me, don't antagonize me. Rick Boobs' guitar gets broken a lot, folks. And so Damian Priest went to the outside, and the guitar got used, and, well, disqualification ensued because Damian Priest had had enough. So he broke the guitar over Rick Boobs, and he broke it over Nakamura. And that was that. It was disappointing. I mean, it, it broke the prediction chart for us, but I thought it was kind of funny because it's like, this is turning into a Jeff Jarrett-type gimmick where the guitar breaks practically every other match, you know, but it was okay. I uh, would have liked to have seen a little something more and maybe seen an actual finish. We always don't need to see some kind of bullshit finish and everything, and maybe somebody could have went over clean instead of some bullshit, but um, yeah, Damian Priest uh, bashes everybody over the head with a guitar, so... That was your pregame match, but uh, first, um, uh, first uh, we got Becky Lynch taking on Charlotte, reigniting that long, long, long fucking standing rivalry. I mean, they genuinely hate each other, folks. This is not a, oh, you know, they, they're pretty sure they're friends outside of wrestling type thing. No, this is a genuine hatred. So the flavor of the match was great. It had a good taste to it. I mean, they slapped the shit out of each other. Yeah, you could you could definitely see that um, barring whatever, how they stand with each other emotionally, they've worked, they worked with each other a long, long, long time, and they definitely get, uh, they get the best out of each, out of each other. And uh, Becky Lynch picks up the win with, um, she rolled her up and used the tights. Um, that's used, okay. In she my used the ropes. She used the ropes, and it was just funny as hell because Charlotte tried to use the ropes, got caught by the referee, but then Becky was at the right positioning, and then Cameron does, you know, the crowd's like, yeah, one, two, yep. three. Yep. Um, this definitely, uh, this finish worked because since they hate each other's guts, 
Becky using the ropes made sense because it's like, fuck you, I'm going to cheat. I don't give a fuck about you. Next up, we got Team Raw of Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Austin Theory, and Bobby Lashley taking on Team SmackDown of Drew McIntyre, Jeff Hardy, King Woods, Happy Corbin, and Sheamus with Madcap Moss in the corner. First and foremost, Austin Theory is the future of the WWE. He literally is based off the things that he can do in ring, outside in ring, on the microphone, antagonize the crowd, not antagonize, whatever you feel about the man. He is legit the future of WWE. It's kind of reminiscent of when, sorry to mention his name in this man's presence, but when Chris Jericho was doing the whole I'm going to beat every legend thing, Austin Theory is kind of following suit just a tad bit, but, you know, in a different flavor. At least you know he's giving it a match. Mm-hmm. I uh, I definitely enjoy I definitely enjoy Austin Theory. I, I enjoyed him in this match, and I think the uh, I think the um, the um, selfie thing is really funny. Um, next next um, what I wanted to point out right away when this match started, you already knew that Kevin Owens was going to walk out on his team. I think like his face turns. His face turn, heel turns are just getting to the point where it's just like, who cares at this point? You know what I mean? Just pick one and be it. It's so bad. It's not as bad as Big Show yet, but, <laughs> but I mean, um, do you do you remember any um, specifics from this? I I watched it, but I didn't take a bunch of notes. Here's I remember the pattern that this followed. Raw looked like it was going to get a ass kick, but as usual, they come against insurmountable odds because. And believe, you know, when Xavier got eliminated. And then, you know, it's just like, oh, my God. Um, I, enjoy, um, I actually, I hate to say this. I hate to say this. What? <laughs> I actually like Happy Corbin. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> his stupid ass came running out there all happy and giddy with his dumbass shirt on. That was actually really, really funny. Um, I liked it. I liked it. Um, I liked how this played out where... Bobby Lashley was really, really over, like overzealous, and was really trying to carry his team to victory. And I kind of how, I kind of like how it built to Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre, Drew McIntyre facing each other during the course of the match. Um, they had a great rivalry that culminated with that WrestleMania match. But um, I, I, I liked this match. I thought it was fine. I don't know. I, I just. It's nothing that you haven't seen before. You know what I mean? Like all these WWE matches, they do they serve its purpose and they could always just be replaced with anybody else. You could have just popped in Dolph Ziggler and it would have been cool, you know? Whatever, man. I mean Survivor Series is not to be, you know, taken seriously, but it is like the supposed starting point for WrestleMania. But, you know, I, overall it it told a story, and Seth became the overall survivor because yeah, it is what it is. I mean, SmackDown had him on the ropes, and then, like I said, Raw somehow pulls it out their ass, and that's the fucking pattern, folks. Sorry, pardon my French. Um, yeah, Seth uh, survives uh, Sheamus and Jeff Hardy. I like Jeff Hardy, and I like him being used in any kind of main event kind of program. So good for him. Um, 
I don't mind Sheamus. So after he got rolled up, he super kicked. He super kicked Jeff, and Seth ended up picking up the win in that one. In the Rock's 25th anniversary 25 man dual branded battle royale, um, almost <laughs> looked so dominant, dude. It was like Andre the Giant 2.0. Yeah, um, it, didn't it just feel like it was kind of dumb? Because wasn't it uh, sh- Shanky eliminated eliminated a bunch of his own teammates? Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like video game and you're playing against like a seven-year-old and he just like no you're eliminating your own team yeah uh not really much to not really much to write about here not really much to talk about here uh almost picks up the win after the uh, last eliminating ricochet he definitely is coming along very very nicely and um he moves really well and he he's he's great he's doing really great um, in another champion versus champion match, Randy Orton and Riddle defeated. Um, we'll get we'll, we'll say the finish there was taking on the Usos. This was uh, Randy's um, most matches on pay per view ever, or something like that. Or this was a big anniversary for Randy Orton. I like the pairing of him and RK. Uh, him and um, Riddle. Riddle. Thank you. That was. <laughs> You know, the the cool ending was, like, the RKO out of nowhere, as Michael Cole so poignantly puts it all the freaking cracking time. But it was, it was not a predictable RKO where it's like, oh, here comes the RKO. It was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Just like, he tags it, Riddle is not, you know, your AEW. I'm going to slap the shit out of you, tag. It was just like, here, and then doesn't expect it, and wham, RKO. I, um... Not taking away, it's not taking away from anything from the Usos. I think Usos are consistently like the team, the team, and they're always. I always count on them to having the best match or the second best match on the on the show. And even though I don't look, I don't look forward to WWE shows as much as I used to. I definitely was very much looking forward looking forward to this. Um, I believe. Um, Uso was going for the splash, and Orton caught him with the RKO. RKO. Wild, 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 wild. Great match, great match. I really like the pairing of Randy Orton and Matt Riddle. They're having great matches together. Um, So, yeah, Randy Orton and Randy Orton and Matt Riddle, Team Raw, defeat Team SmackDown, the SmackDown champions, Uso's. Next up, we got the ladies taking the ladies team, uh, Team Raw, Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley, Liv Morgan, Carmella, and Queen Zelina taking on Sasha Banks, Shayna Baszler, Shotzi, no more Blackheart. She got WWE where she lost her last name. Natty Neidhart, who's never had her last name, and Tony Storm. Good luck, Tony. Your name might be on the line. <laughs> and first and foremost. Rhea Ripley is a star, money, 100%. There's no question that the women's match for me was probably one of the best matches of the night. I mean, even though despite the fact that they've not made up their mind with Sasha yet, and I don't know when they will, but uh, the women, it was more like a malfunction as God miss you, dude. I mention you a lot in our episodes, but Mara Ronello would have said, if he was sitting at commentary, a malfunction at the junction 
was SmackDown, Friday Night SmackDown's team. Because there's all these egos and jealousy with Shayna Baszler and Natalia and Shotzi, all thinking of Sasha's the captain. So, you know, the, pen, the turning point of the match was they let Sasha get eliminated. Basically, they're not on the same page. And so, basically, Team Raw, it was, it was four on one. Okay, it was four on one. And somehow Bianca Belair, again, the theme is, is Raw. You know, they, they look like they're about to get their asses handed to them. And out of nowhere, some miracle happens and Team SmackDown implodes. And it did. I mean, it certainly looked like SmackDown from the very beginning, The you know, the random slap on the chest tags or the back. And it was just like... Shotzi and Sasha battling one another back and forth pretty much majority of the match until they decided, okay, let's screw Sasha over. And she gets eliminated, and Bianca's still got the odds against her and somehow manages to fend off Natty. She managed to fend off Shayna Baszler, who is by far, you know, I mean, some people have debates about her, but, you know, she's still good talent. And um, Shotzi, of course. So... Uh yeah, this ended up being a this ended up being a win for Team Raw. I always enjoy women's matches. Um, so yeah, Team Raw, and in the main event, Big E, the WWE Champion, took on Roman Reigns, the Universal Champion. And I'm not gonna lie, I'm gonna let you have this one because this is about where I checked out. I did about as much WWE as I could handle for the month. So, folks, he's not lying. It was like four hours, but like three and a half hours long. It's no joke. And I think Barclay Center just wanted, they probably muted us because <laughs> the point is the match was just not, I checked out on that match too. And I know that Roman, I know that Roman won. Okay. Of course. Of course. And I'm, I'm, I'm positive the match was fine, but I didn't really care. Roman Reigns won. And I just got a little, I just got a little tidbit. WWE has released over 80 professional wrestlers this year. Insane. That's not even including uh, office personnel. That's just insane. Think about that. So 80 wrestlers, folks. That's uh, that's your that's your WWE Survivor Series report, and this is a little a little off topic or a little side whatever. I don't. I don't know how to say this, man. WWE is so boring, and I don't want to be that it's guy. Yeah, it's, it's 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 uniform, and it's not okay. It's textbook wrestling. It's not. We're not on the edge of our seats anymore. When it was, and it's not just Attitude Era. Like even back during the golden age of professional wrestling, we didn't know who was going to be victorious. I don't care if people say, "Well, you knew Shawn Michaels was going over," or you knew. Uh, this tag team was going to win. No, we freaking didn't because they had cartoony characters running around, folks. Point is, WWE right now, it's a freaking roller coaster. It's not (laughs) – hands and feet and mentality inside the right at all times. My friend, I just just read that uh, Ric Flair said he will not be – dealing with and we're working with WWE ever again because he doesn't want to work with Nick Khan in any capacity and while uh Rick was on life support they were trying to get they were trying to get him to sign away his life rights. 
That's, uh, that's a no-no, man. That's pretty wild. So I, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And this was just another one of those shows where it's just like, let's just throw something together. So um, I'm sure you watched SmackDown this week. So how was SmackDown? SmackDown wasn't bad. I mean, it's just like, okay, so again, it starts off oddly enough with Kayla Braxton in the middle of the ring talking about Brock Lesnar and the rumors, you know, about him having his suspension lifted. Yawn. Okay, but then, of course, because they want to throw us for a, for a little swerve here because uh, Roman Reigns comes out and, and Paul Heyman and the bloodline, they interrupt Kayla. And Heyman grabs the microphone from Kayla and says, we don't do relevancy of rumors, blah, blah, blah. And then Paul Heyman yammers on, and then, as usual, hands Roman the microphone. So big shocker there. Uh, let's see here. So... Matt and uh, Roman says, we don't want to give false hopes to these losers. We don't, you know, anything goes on and on and on about basically repeating what Paul Heyman said, but in a different wavelength of repeating, okay? Next up, Drew McIntyre and Jeff Hardy versus Happy Corbin and Madcap Mass. Moss. Moss. You know, it's not a bad tag match. Your basic heel versus face team and Hardy gets attacked from McIntyre, hits the swanton. Yay, McIntyre and uh, Hardy win a match. Cool. And then, uh, let's see here, Ridge Holland uh, versus Sheamus. Uh, Ridge Holland with Sheamus versus Cesaro. Sheamus tried to get involved in the match a lot. Um, although, surprisingly, they let Cesaro go over the young uh, young gun, whatever. Ridge Holland from NXT, recent graduate from that camp, whatever. He rolled him up, one, two, three. And then this one, Thanksgiving leftovers throwdown. Rick Boogs with Shinsuke Nakamura versus Angel with from Berto Carrillo. There's a, okay, so Angel won because at least there's like gajillion distractions to make this one legitimized, all right? So you had... <laughs> Humberto playing on Rick Boo's guitar, Nakamura trips, Humberto Carrillo, and then after that, well, you know, Angel wins because of all those freaking distractions. And then Kayla's seen backstage with Adam Pierce, who asked him, you know, hey, have you heard about, uh, have you heard from the rumor mill that Brock Lesnar's suspension has been lifted? And then Adam Pierce tries to play it cool and says, I've heard no such thing. Blah, blah, blah. I'm the authority around here, and I'll decide when his suspension has been lifted. Wink, wink. <laughs> if I have the music, dun, dun, dun. That's exactly what it felt like, okay, folks, because it's so cheesy. Okay. After that, you have Charlotte Flair in the ring with Michael Cole. Yammer, 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 blah, blah, blah. Tony Storm then comes out, and then... To embarrass Tony Storm, Charlotte Flair shows a clip from Survivor Series as to how she got eliminated and how she's undeserving of my championship. I smell a feud coming on. Wink, wink. You can hear the excitement in my sarcasm. Okay. Natalia and Shayna Baszler versus Naomi and Sasha. Yawn. Yawn. 
They're now putting Naomi in matches, folks. Yay! Feel the glow. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> yeah, she sucks. So, like, the sunset was a She just, like, like her ring attire is cool and her entrance is cool, but her, her whole persona is just, just getting her over to the bloodline already. Cool, whatever. Universal title. Um, all right, cool. Let's see here. Okay, so then they had a Black Friday Invitational Battle Royal for the, and the winner becomes the number one contender for the United or for the Universal Championship, and this included Drew Gulak, Sheamus, Mansoor, Mad Cat Moss, Happy Corbin, Shanky, Cesaro. Let's see here. Angel, Rick Boogs, Jeff Hardy, Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn, folks, played a role in this because Jeff Hardy won. Yay! Let's give a cheer because they're in Greensboro, North Carolina. Cheap pug, just like Nick Foles. All right. So, Jeff Hardy thought he had won, but Sami Zayn had been hiding out, I guess, and then proceeds to throw Jeff over the top. So, now Sami Zayn is the number one contender for the Universal Championship. What the hell? Was my thought. Honestly, that'll probably be that'll probably be pretty good, man. No, Bro. I mean like what the hell is like I didn't see that coming. Like I was just like, Oh, Jeff Hardy won why? And then Sami Zayn came and I was like, Whoa, cool. Sami Zayn versus Roman'll probably be pretty fucking fantastic. And then they said Roman okay, so the last part of the show was like Roman and Heyman loses. You see him laughing, and then in comes Kayla, and she tells him next week Brock Lesnar's suspension has officially been lifted, and he will be in the ring with Roman Reigns next week. Wow. That's the end of SmackDown, folks. That was Friday Night SmackDown report. Sounds a little little uh, more of the same, but uh, that's all right. Yeah. All right, so. Oh, boy. Here comes AEW. Oh, boy. I got, you know, something special for you folks to chomp on because, yes, this clip is 18 minutes long, and we're not going to play the entire duration. No. But we will play you. Got to give you some of it. We got to give you some of it. so good. Like, you know. What? It's very, 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 um, uh, okay, enough splattering and more playing the clip. Legendary. What you would call a 
present and they give us the 18 minute promo battle they give us the 18 minute promo battle between MJF and CM Punk there's just so much wow (laughs) and after all that wildness CM Punk calls CM Punk calls MJF first he says, MJF stands for my most jealous fan, which gets an absolutely insane reaction, and then calls him a less famous Miz. Wow! Shots fired. Wow! And uh, <laughs> I, um, I uh, really, 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 really love this. MJF did a fantastic job here. He's a fantastic heel, and he he's really calm under pressure. He got through all his shit. He did not fuck his shit up. He's smooth, but CM Punk is light years, light years ahead of him. He took that dude to school. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. One of the highlights of that, one of the highlights of that uh, promo battle CM Punk said the only way you're going to be number one in this company is if you marry Tony Khan's daughter. Tony Khan had a daughter. Yeah. Wow. 
Wow, 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 wow. I mean, he's got a valid point. It, MJF is a very by the book, won't, you know, cross boundaries unless, you know, that, those were genuine fireworks. I loved it. Yes, he, um, <laughs> I laughed at this because MJF refers to himself and a few of the wrestlers in AEW as one of the four pillars of AEW, and CM Punk said, Britt Baker has surpassed you as a uh, one of the four pillars. <laughs> Incredible. And so after that 18-minute promo battle, um, the show opened with CM Punk versus QT Marshall. Get the fuck out of here. Are you kidding me? The stream has been interrupted by the podcast. This craziness is brought to you by Straight Jackets Incorporated. Or Crazy Incorporated. With Straight Jackets and Crazy Mentality are the new end, folks. It works. Of all the people to give CM Punk a match against, they'd give it to QT Marshall. Shouldn't have been maybe like Jay Lethal, who was the new big signee. Hmm. That probably would that probably would have been pretty great, but uh, CM Punk wins this um, ho hum ass match with the uh, go to sleep, and then uh, we got a we got a Christian Cage and Lucha Express promo. I guess they're kind of a crew now. I guess they just roll together <laughs> after that street fight. I guess it's gang gang in this bitch, huh? It's back to well, it's not faction heavy. But it's, you know, I'm aligned with you because we have a common interest in hating Adam Cole and Bobby Fish and the Young Bucks. Yeah, they didn't really say anything. They didn't really say anything. Uh, they didn't really say anything that crazy. Yeah. But um, I really like the uh, next up. Uh, we got Eddie Kingston having that sweet promo with 2.0 and Daniel Garcia. Eddie Eddie Kingston makes the most of every time he's on, he makes the most of every time he's on the screen and I really really enjoy it. He's just a genuine that's his genuine self. That is really him. That's how he even if it's wrestling even if it's in front of camera that's how Eddie is. That's how he is and his genuine sincerity is kind of like getting over with the crowd really well. Yes. I also like 2.0. I think they're super fucking annoying. I really, 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 really like that they're super fucking annoying, and I I like that they're an actual true tag team, which I think they're that's a lost thing. And Daniel Garcia is a um is a bad motherfucker, and he's putting in these great matches. Um, the, this this promo with each other sets up Eddie Kingston's match with Daniel Garcia for Rampage. Next, uh, ramp, uh, uh, Billy Gunn and his kids are taking on Beyond Wrestling's Bear Country. Um, how do you feel about <laughs> Billy Gunn being put, pushing 60 out there with his kids kicking ass? The dude doesn't look a day over 60, I'm telling you. Looks like he hasn't lost a step. Yes, uh, the Gun Club picks up the win over Bear Country, but the real story here is, uh, <laughs> Sting uh, Sting and Darby came Yes Sting and Darby came back for for revenge After getting their asses kicked By the gun club And um, Good lord Fucking Darby Clobbered him 
clobbered him, knocked that fucking kid on his head. Holy shit. Your plane's supposed to be like a small torpedo, you know? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This was definitely, this is definitely, that, that, was, that was wild. Uh, this is not something I want to see. I wanted to see more of MJF versus Darby Allen, but um, I'll take that kid getting fucking absolutely obliterated. Next, uh, we got a uh, Bobby Fish and Adam Cole promo that was interrupted by the best friends. I guess that was setting up um, that was setting up Rampage. Uh, so next, we got Taz um, confronting confronting Dante Martin and asking him, hey, man, are you joining Team Taz or what? And I guess Dante Martin, the kid who looks scared to be out there, is joining Team Taz. So I guess the cool team of Leo Rush and Dante Martin is over. Leo Leo Rush looks like he was about to cry. That was kind of like, wow, you just put them together, so you put him. That kid still looks uncomfortable. I'll get out. Like, he just. Yes. Kind of awkward. The wrestling part, he's he's he fine. Oh, he's good. He's good. But the part where he has to interact and be, you know, he needs and, an outpiece. I guess that's where Taz comes in. Yeah, I think Leo Rush worked a little bit better because they got a little team going. But and I feel like Team Taz really isn't doing anything for any fucking buddy. Next, we got Jamie Hader taking on Thunder Rosa in uh, one of the tournament matches for the TBS title. And um, I enjoy any time Thunder Rosa is on the screen. Thunder Rosa is one of those very, like, rare female talents um, that has the magnitude or the draw. I mean, not the ire of Tristratus or maybe not the presence of Lita, but she's a presence nonetheless. And and she does really good presentation, everything, wrestling, playing to the crowd, um, you know, gang empathy and all that stuff. But you know what? For Britt Baker and Rebel to be out there and her to still pull off a victory is pretty damn amazing. I Yeah, I like that match. I like that match. Um, Thunder Rosa pulled out a sweet, sweet Peruvian necktie during the course of the match. Um, Jay, uh, Jamie Hayter's uh, interference from Britt Baker, it backfired, and Rosa <laughs> picked up the win. Um, Chris Jericho had a promo next, and I instituted the Chris Jericho rule, and I fast-forwarded I fast forwarded that shit. Next up, we got Colt Cabana making his uh, hometown comeback, taking on the American Dragon Brian Danielson in a pretty hard-hitting fucking match. It was a little bit of European wrestling at, at the beginning of it, but um, Dragon took over and ended up beating up Colt pretty bad. Didn't he pull out his tooth? He didn't pull out his tooth. He, knocked his, tooth he out. knocked his fucking teeth out. And uh I guess I guess um Colt is uh was um <laughs> Colt got his fucking ass kicked and um Adam Page came out to stop the ass kicking and um they ended up getting into a little scuffle. So American Dragon versus Adam Page is coming along nicely. So far, so good, man. This was a pretty, 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 pretty good show, I want to say. And uh, that set up the big eight-man tag of uh, Cody, the Lucha Brothers, and Pac. I guess the Death Triangle is still together. Taking on Andrade, Malachi, Black, and 
FTR in an all-star eight-man tag match. Yeah, and Tully and Arn at ringside. You know, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it was good to see them. It was it was good to see them on the. Uh, it was good to see them on opposing sides, and I do agree with you. I felt like this was definitely a. Um, one of those AEW-style um, chaotic matches, but I felt this was, wasn't was as chaotic as a, as a Young Bucks or Kenny Omega match. Yeah. Um, this... <laughs> I don't want to glaze over on this. I like that Cody threw his fucking dumb belt in the crowd, and uh, Chicago chucked that motherfucker back. Fuck you. We don't want that fucking thing. Um, you know, the other sad thing is when JR has to mutter under his breath, embarrassing... And doesn't cover the mic. JR, it's okay. Call it like it is, all right? Cody, it wasn't about – the match was not about him, and he tried to play, like, to the crowd, and that's whatever. But I think the match was very fa- uh, fairly well-paced. Uh, you had a lot of action going on. And, in fact, like, at one point, Tully and Arn did get in the ring. Then they beat the hell out of Jose. I think it was. Yeah, they beat the hell out of him. That was on the same page for just a brief moment. And then they're like, okay, old man versus old man, legend versus legend. And then the distraction from those two ended up having Malachi Black spray black mist into the eyes of Pac. And that allowed El Idolo to hit his move. And then one, two, three. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. The heels picked up the win, and after the match, they beat up on Cody a little bit more, because why not fuck Cody Rhodes, right? Uh, Going into Rampage, um, I'm going to just flat out say that I tried to watch Rampage, but I couldn't because Chris Jericho is a psychopath, and he's always screaming and hollering, and he makes everything unfucking watchable But I do have results for you. The team of Adam Adam Cole and Bobby Fish pick up the win over over the best friends of um, Orange Cassidy and Wheeler Yuta. Um, next, uh, Britt Baker dropped a surprise. Uh, so she lost a match to Rio for some reason. Wow. Oh yeah, Rio still works here. I guess we're gonna, you know. She, we're gonna give her a rematch because wasn't she? Yeah, she was a champion at one time. So fuck it, why not? Eddie Kingston defeated Daniel Garcia in your TV main event. I bet this was a fucking slobber knocker with those two guys beating the fucking piss out of each other. So that's uh, that's your rampage report and a little news coming out of um, AEW. Get well soon to Jim Ross, who announced that he's got to take some time off due to his issues with skin cancer, and he's going to be using radiation to zap that shit and get that the fuck out of here. So, um, uh, Jim Ross, get well soon. That's me, dude. Fuck yeah. Um, that's all I got for AEW, my boy. Well, you know that you dislike this man, you hate this man, you boo this man, you cheer this man. While I play the ads from YouTube, because knowing that will ensue when I play these things on YouTube, I should have got three months trail free. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, we're doing something new on Wrestle Radio Network. We are, like, spinning the wheel and seeing which, which person we should discuss about their career and honor them, debate, whatever. So, allow me to play the intro. Who we're going to chat about next. So, <clears throat> bear with me. 
Don't you just love ads that screw things up, folks? Welcome to finding anything on any app TV. Welcome to Google TV. Yep, welcome. I don't need to go on that your time is up. My time is now. But we are discussing uh, the man that gets discussed quite a bit in pro wrestling circles, even outside arenas. That man's name still pops up. The one, the only, the incomparable John Cena, who has several accolades that we're not going to spend too much time going into. But first and foremost, if we're going to start with Mr. Cena, I think <laughs> – we should start from the top. So the class of a uh, gentleman that was in his class. In he ABW. yes, uh, he can He uh, got his. He's got his start for Rick Bassman in 2000 for the UP for UPW where he was. Um, he he was there with Samoa Joe and he was discovered by Jim Ross who brought him to OVW. And he was in a fantastic class with Randy Orton, Brock Lesnar, Dave Batista, and Shelton Benjamin. That's a wild, wild, wild class. And he was being taught by um, none other than Jim Cornette, who is a fantastic, fantastic teacher. Yes, Corny has a lot of talent. I mean, he had Smoky Mountain Pro. He was in charge of OVW back then, the day before it passed on. And um, to move forward past that, you know, Cena was in the same class with Lesnar, Batista, Orton. And out of that, the production of OVW produced Rico Constantino, Matt Morgan, Basham Brothers, Eugene, Rene Dupree, and so on and so forth. Yes, yes, yes. OVW definitely was a uh, great uh great uh, breeding ground for a lot of WWE talent. He was brought into he was brought into uh SmackDown around 2002 and uh he started his shit off in a big way by slapping Kurt Angle in his dumbass fucking face, man. He got in Kurt Angle's face as a rookie. You know, normally rookies in WWE they're either a one-hit wonder and never spoken of again unless it's brought up on the network on Peacock. And what have you, but Kurt, he said Kurt Angle had an open challenge. And John Cena opened the open cha- or answered the open challenge. And he goes, what brings you out here? And that coined the phrase in the beginning of the year, ruthless aggression. Yes, 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 yes. That was a good jump-off point. And at this time, uh, John was pretty much a white meat baby face, pretty much just kind of coasting until um, he kind of got his fucking leg broke by Brock Lesnar, and uh, that's where he started cutting those tough promos, and he says, well, you got the F5, well, I got the FU, and uh, that's when he comes back with the uh, with the uh, blue jean shorts and the, the jerseys. And uh, he had that. He had the body card of. Um, he had Bull Buchanan as his, as his body card. Be squared. 
I I thought this was pretty fucking funny. I like the I like the freestyle rapping. Yeah, this is basic thugonomics. I mean, like he, just like the presence when he came out, like in two thousand three, I believe it was when he started all that. It just caught on like wildfire, man, and people ate it up. Yeah, we did. Yeah, um, yes, he did. Um, and uh, so around that time, it was pretty. It was pretty much. Um, he was kind of floating around in the mid card, that high mid card, making his way, making his way downtown, walking fast. Um, <laughs> and uh, he, 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 they took some, um, he, I don't know if you remember, but he took some time off to go record or to go do the Marines. So they played it off. Like he got stabbed in a club by Aaron Aguilera. Do you remember that? Yeah, vaguely. Uh, so when Cena came back, he won the U.S. title from he won the U.S. title from the Big Show at WrestleMania 20 to open the show, and this was a this was a great step forward for John's career. The the uh, New York crowd was very very much behind him at this point. Uh, a couple years later, they were not so much behind him, but we'll get there. And let's see. Okay. Well, I kind of fast forwarded on my stuff, partner. So uh... I'll keep, I'll pick it up. So um, John Cena ends up winning the Royal Rumble, and he's going on to take on JBL, who was the longest reigning WWE champion in SmackDown history, or whatever some accolade. And the the um, the promos for this the, the promos for this was was really really good this was john really coming along yeah i mean he just john cena is a natural on the mic from when you love him or hate him dude like he can talk and him and jbl made magic yes so john john wins the title at wrestlemania 21 in la which 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 led to a uh just disgusting bloody match at back, backlash of 2005 and uh the shortly thereafter that John was drafted to Monday Night Raw in a huge moment yes when he was brought over to Raw people you know Eric Bischoff at first you know welcomed Cena to the to the scene of Monday Night Raw. It was a big, big deal. Yes, 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 yes. Um, so Cena on Raw, Cena on Raw, the first, the Cena on Raw, the first feud he was locked locked into was um, a little run with Chris Jericho and Eric Bischoff with ended up John ending Chris Jericho's career on the show um we're not going to we're not going to talk about him versus edge but we will fast forward 2006 when he took on Rob Van Dam at that fucking crazy one night stand oh man if Cena wins we riot signs and all kinds of crazy shit they're like saw you know or whatever this is wrestling they were shocked when Cena you know got brutal with Rob and it actually I guess dragged out Cena's ability to be aggressive again, but in a different way. Match Edge comes in the ring. It wasn't Edge? We didn't know. Oh wait, who is this biker dude who spears 
Cena with a biker helmet and essentially helps Rob Van Dam win a WWE championship. Yeah, which was very, very surprising. John uh John lost the championship to Rob and in turn Rob also won the ECW championship, which was a pretty wild moment for the jump off to the the revamp of ECW. At this time, John is off and running here, man. He has the outstanding feud with Edge that really took him into another stratosphere. He had fantastic matches against Bobby Lashley at the Great American Bash, and which leads us to 2007, which which the build to um, to WrestleMania was John and Shawn Michaels, and um, wow, 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 Shawn versus John, Shawn versus John Cena at WrestleMania uh, 20, no, 23. Yeah. <laughs> WrestleMania 23, really, 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 really great match. But the next night on Monday Night Raw, the rematch, something we haven't seen in a long time, a one-hour Broadway between Sean and John that that uh, took so many segments and pushed a, uh, a scheduled match between Randy Orton and Edge off the show. I'm just saying, like, it's a rarity to remember a John Cena match, which was, you know, there's a lot remembering despite people how much you love this man or hate this man. That match was pretty good. Yeah, I, I like, you know, I, uh, I, I was watching a lot of Ring of Honor and Pro Wrestling No at the time, so I was one of those, I was, uh, kind of like an AEW fan before AEW where I just thought what I was watching was the best shit in the world and everything else was pretty stupid. But I always felt that like John had a good match, even though I hated his guts. Cause you never know. He might bleed his brains out or see, you know, you might see some cool match with Rob Van Dam. I, I, I liked, I, I, I like to hate John Cena, I guess. And um, that match with Shawn Michaels was, was absolutely incredible, and he stayed up with the Heartbreak Kid. At this time, John's just cooking, you know. John is just rolling, and he he cranked out. He I think he cranked out twelve rounds at this point. He cranked out the Marine. He uh, had a rap album, couple tag titles runs. I mean, John is really just the new, he's the face of the company, and he's the complete opposite of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Meaning it was not (laughs) short-lived. And he's a thousand times more wholesome, you know? (laughs) The beer swilling, you're in a beer truck. I mean, he did have a tiny feud with Vince, but it wasn't that big. I think at some point everybody feuds with Vince McMahon, but it really, it really wasn't anything to exactly. And um, so inevitably, um, it gets locked into what felt like an internal feud with Randy Orton, who was the yin to his yang almost. And 
at this time, didn't Randy Orton attack John's dad and kick him in his fucking melon head? Yeah, but before all that, man, this thing started July 23rd when... Uh, 2007. Oh, yeah, he attacked him after a match with Booker T. Yes, yes, indeed. Oh, I want to mention there was a great match, a great fatal four-way with uh, John and Randy Orton, a real great one. I wish I could remember the name of the show off the top of my head. I was just pulling that one out of thin air. I really liked that one. Um, yeah, man, John Cena's rolling along until 2010, and then the Nexus happened. That was uh, our... <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the Nexus. There was eight rookies... Once upon a time, of Justin Gabriel, uh, you know, young Daniel Bryan, who's gung ho about the, you know, then you had, oh, let's see here. Um, it was Justin Gabriel, Wade Barrett, Heath Slater, Skip Sheffield, Daniel, no, uh, Michael McGillicuddy. Nah, that was season two. Oops. Michael Tarver, um, and you keep in count, um, 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 what's, what was the gay one? Um, oh, Darren Young. Darren Young. <laughs> uh, so, um, NXT, the first season of NXT really wasn't a wrestling show. It was some kind of weird hybrid thing where you're, you were a rookie and you had a coach who was a veteran and you had to confess in stupid games and then maybe have a match. Um, yeah, NXT was the first season of NXT was pretty fucking stupid. And so after Wade Barrett won the whole thing, he led a contingent in an absolutely shocking moment on Monday Night Raw, where the contestants of NXT, the first season of NXT, attacked the fucking. Everybody, John, uh, Jerry King, Lawler, Stagehands, it, it was it was shocking. I think that it was definitely groundbreaking because it was definitely breaking the norm of what was normally going on. And um, this all, I guess you'll lean into this, but they had beat somebody at an event, and I think they forced hands like because uh, uh David Otunga was also involved in that. Oh, right, 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 David Otunga. And him and Barrett were not seeing eye to eye about who's gonna be the leader of the Nexus, which ultimately ended up in kind of the demise with the Nexus. It was very weird. The Nexus had a very weird timeline, man. Yes, um they they had a they had a big match at uh Smack no no sorry, they had a big match at SummerSlam which brought back um Bret Hart was on the hit general team. manager. Yeah. yeah. So so that kind of spiraled out of control there and at one point John had to join the Nexus for some reason. Um it was very weird. Yeah, that was a weird time and it just felt like I think that really was one of those things where people were complaining that everything felt like it just got John got fed everybody and everybody was just going to lose to him at some point and that's what happened and then I, I want to say I don't want to fast forward too much by leading into it but Survivor Series 
This was the beginning of the end for Wade Barrett. Yeah, I think Wade. I think Wade really didn't recover that well after after the series of the feud with John, and um, he literally got buried which in uh, chairs at the TLC match. Yeah, what could have been, you know? I mean, time could have changed in wrestling history a little bit, and maybe not because Cena was. Uh, the the man at the time for the company and was a man for a very long time. Uh, but I feel like, uh, personally speaking, it, like I said, Nexus's timeline between that and the new Nexus, which is a different subject for a different day, I believe Cena and Barrett's feud was short-lived. Could have it been extended? Don't know. But we've got to move forward, so... Let's see. Oh, okay. I forgot about that. I wrote in the notes that Cena was taken out on a stretcher when they attacked him. Okay. That's something new. And then, let's see, 2013 and 2016, he had small matches here and there and really wasn't involved with the company as much as he used to. But, like. Wait a minute. What are you doing? I'm saying, like, I'm reading by my notes, and I don't want to go out of order here. So it's like we started with... After the Nexus feud, feud. he went into the feud with CM Punk and The Rock. Okay. There we go. So, yeah, how about those promo battles, John Cena and The Rock, huh? Man, I'll never forget that. I was, like, sitting and watching to see what one another was going to say. And The Rock would always do these little special tidbits filming even when he's not in the arena and if it was pre-taped it still was good I don't recall which promos when and where and what arena but I know that The Rock and Cena faced off the first Mania that I went to at Mania 29 and that was horrible yeah uh, Rock interfered in the match with the Miz which set up the year long the, the year long rivalry between the two, which included The Rock coming back at WrestleMania, <clears throat> which, I mean, I'm sorry, which included The Rock coming back at the Survivor Series to take on The Miz and The Miz and um, uh, R-Truth. Oh, wow. So after, the, so after, the, after that, we sprinkle on his fantastic run, with CM Punk, with CM Punk, which included the pipe bomb, incredible, 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 uh, incredible stuff here. See, I would honestly say, in my opinion, see, uh, John, uh, John Cena's uh, 2011 to 2013 was very, very good, but really after this, the 2013 to 2016 run was really when it was starting to slow down. It felt like. It did. It, it felt like the second time around with those two, we knew that it had to have been Cena because the first time around when the crowd was already chanting, saw this last year, and the second one, it's just, I'm sorry, folks, I'm a bit tired here, apologize, but yes, the feud did die, and I will leave it at that. Um, sorry, I'm getting a little off top. I'm getting a little off track myself. 
Um, uh, 2013 saw Brock Lesnar coming back and beating the shit out of John and them having a pretty stiff fucking match at Extreme Rules that year. Um, John also took an epic thrashing and he was the first recipient and first person taken to Suplex City, um, where he ate like 26 suplexes and got no fucking offense in. Um, that was wild. I'm not going to mention the rehashing of the Cena Orton feud. Then we get the first series of matches with Bray Wyatt. I like these, even though people say that John shouldn't have have won this series of matches or one shouldn't have won this feud. I think that um, they were all very good, which led to a great, great WrestleMania match. At Mania 30, right? Yes. That was a very interesting intro for both men. Uh, Bray Wyatt, for those of you who don't know the background, it's like 2013, they attacked John Cena. They cost him his world title match against Orton. And... uh, Bray Wyatt then, you know, started the shit with John Cena, and that led into a match at Mania and a rematch at Extreme Rules. Yeah, and that had the had all the kids coming out and saying he's got the whole world in his hands. I I thought I thought this was very creepy. This was very very much. I thought this was way creepier <laughs> than. Um, the um the the last thing that Bray Wyatt did, I would I wouldn't mind kind of talking about Bray Wyatt at some point if we're going to be doing these uh, bios. Yeah. yeah, because I think Bray Wyatt's run in WWE was definitely something to talk about because it was very weird, but it produced some great matches. Um, yeah. I don't want to – got a little off topic there. But um, so, yeah, John Cena won the feud with Bray Wyatt. Uh, let's, let's, let's see what else, what else went on with uh, John. John had, a, John had a great run with – great uh, little uh, trilogy with Kevin Owens when Kevin Owens got WWE from the main roster. I'm sure you remember that. Yeah, I came up as the NXT champion and basically beat John Cena. And it kind of set the tone. It's like, well, you know, we knew Kevin was going to get the call-up from NXT. So he's tearing it up. And most, like, NXT call-ups, you know, they either get fed to John Cena at the time or they, you know, get forgotten. Well, Owens made a statement. And his feud with Cena, mm, it was all right. Yes, yes. It was It was uh, some good – it was some good matches there. Um <clears throat> Next, uh, during during that time, um, John was the U.S. champion where he defeated he defeated Rusev, and that's when Rusev came out with a tank. And while the U.S. while while being the U.S. champion, John had the open challenge where he was giving uh, mid card mid card and lower tier guys shots at the title. And that had some uh, some some great results, and that had some great matches with Cesaro at the time. Yeah, another guy that's uh, definitely well, he's definitely got uh, 
<laughs> got one. Uh, he's got a chance, you know, to make his way back into the fray, folks. Sorry, I couldn't spit out my words. I'm a bit sleepy, but it's okay. Live on here. So yeah, the <laughs> the last the the last little bit of stuff we we get out of John. His last kind of run was uh, his big run was with AJ Styles and wow, 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 wow! That match at Royal Rumble that year in 2017, I believe, or 2018, incredible when John tied for 16 championships. Absolutely, absolutely great. Well, you know, every record's meant to be broken or tied. You can't, you know, it's, it's something in sports history that's never going to change. Uh, are there certain t- championship rings that can be broken? Yes. Eventually, will Cena come back and do it? I don't know. I mean, 16 times is a lot for Ric Flair over the decades. 16 times for John Cena. A lot of people will argue it. But, look, there's no doubt. That that's a huge accomplishment in any line of sport. That's like winning sixteen Super Bowls. I I don't mind. I don't I, I don't I don't mind John being tied for sixteen championships with Ric Flair. Um, I know people will say that John's not in the league of Ric Flair and blah 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 blah. But John has done a lot for professional wrestling and has really given a lot and. It takes a lot to be the second coming of Hulk Hogan. You know, it takes a lot to be the guy for the company for that long. He hears it all the time, folks. I'm not seen a mark myself, but I will say this. When you hear five moves of doom, or when you hear, oh, you know, everyone gets the title handed to no. It's because, you know, of any other guy at that time from the span of 2002 to 2000, was it 16, 17, that was really making headway like Cena's. Like, Cena was not only doing wrestling, he's making appearances. He was getting. So, yeah, he is the second coming of Hogan, per se. But not to the effect where there were steroid trials and, <laughs> you know, and guys wanting it out for you. I'm sure there's guys that have horror stories to tell about Cena. But for what he did for wrestling, like the, you know, the Make-A-Wish and all the stuff outside of professional wrestling that John Cena accomplished, you got to give the man props. He walked into a hostile ECW crowd who wanted nothing to do with his ass in Hammerstein Ballroom in my neck of the woods in New York. Okay, there's tough crowds everywhere. But the point is, the man survived... A lot of injuries. The man survived surgeries. Uh, there's a lot of wrestlers that compliment John. I'm working with him. Uh, they say, even CM Punk will say, I don't know, did you have a problem with John Cena? Oh, no, I didn't have a problem with him. You ask The Rock, did you have a problem with John Cena? No, I didn't have any issues with him. So there must be something proper that he's doing in order to the critics and all the all the fans saying, man, we can't stand you, but yet you watch his ass anyways. So point being, yes, there are wrestlers we can't stand. Cena, I used to have a deep hatred for him. Really didn't really care for him back in 08 because it didn't. Honestly, that's when I tuned out wrestling, period, and I never thought I'd do that. But when 
turned back around, who's the one face I kept seeing? John Cena. I didn't like the guy, but, I mean, here he is being consistently shown up to work and putting on a show, whether there was 8,000, 20,000, however many people was in the, in the stands, you know, he is a he was and still is a performer, and I guarantee you if he gets a call again, it's like, hey, John, can you come uh, at SummerSlam? Sure, man, when do you need me? Yeah, man. And um, I think, like, that's a great way. I think that's a great where great place to end it. Yeah, and uh, we thank you for tuning in to our first live edition of Wrestle Radio Network. Is there a need for off the rails? I really don't. I mean, I don't think we. Got, no. I don't think we need one. No, there's no need tonight. First time ever they should put a lid on my mouth. Holy shit, the ground still shaking. All right, folks, this has been Wrestle Radio Network. If you'd like to download our episode, you can download it for free on iTunes. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, our Instagram on the gram is wrestle underscore radio. You can message him directly, Pizza Simpson, or myself on Twitter. Do I even use Twitter? Yeah, I do. I do. Don't worry. Good night. Toodles, bitches. We got to get our beauty rest. All right. Maestro, if you could, please. Hit our goodbye music. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.